The following program is a part of the Movie Morgue Network. I've already been dead for such a very, very long time. But I've come back to bring you news of the most gruesome twosome ever produced. Film Podcast. This is a spoiler podcast. And now, your hosts, Tim S. Turner and Kelly Hogamu. Hello, and welcome back to Beauty, the Beast, and the Bees. We've got a spooky show for you with three films to send shivers down your spine. First up, Michael Myers is back for the final time in Halloween Ends. Next, a young woman regrets diving into the dating pool in Fresh. And finally, the eyes have it in the wacky Jallo eyeball. But first, please help me welcome back to the microphone my co-host and the founder of the B-Movie BFFs website, Kelly Hogaboom. Hello, Tim. I have a little bit of a horror hangover because I watched all three of these movies within like a 12-hour space <laughs> of time. <laughs> they're they're all great. It's just I feel like that was a little too much. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah. The, the, and the funny thing is, it's like uh, I, I think we both, uh, you know, uh, having seen Halloween Ends, we know that uh, – it's not at all what I think anyone was expecting it to be. Oh no! <laughs> and, and and that's uh, and we'll we'll discuss whether or not that's a good thing uh, in a minute. But uh, what have you been watching lately? Well, can I just say I'm so fucking annoyed with Mike Flanagan. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you too. Oh my <laughs> gosh, so Tim, I know I know you didn't like Haunting of Hill House, but I no. did. I did like it, and I do think that he. Um, I think you liked Doctor Sleep, right? Yeah, and so it's like he's got these skills, right? But um, I, I was like, I watched Midnight Mass last year, and I was furious. I, I wrote a post <laughs> about it because it, it had so much potential, and then it just went down the tubes. Well, this last week I watched The Midnight Club, which is ah. a Christopher Pike sort of YA like horror, like teen horror, and mm-hmm. again, such a great premise. And it just, it's like I'm like, all this guy does is like jump scares and like sentimentality like big sentimental monologues and i'm so annoyed i'm like but i keep going back (laughs) i don't know so (laughs) oh my gosh um yeah 
Yeah, I, I th- that's been one of my big issues with Flanagan because I've seen some of his stuff that I thought was okay, and but yeah, I mean, holy crap, the the reliance on jump scares thing gets really annoying to me, and just the cheap emotional um, emotion and like stuff that he's got going on. They did a lot of it in Midnight Mass. Like they had monologues in Midnight Mass that I literally fast forwarded through. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And like this, this, um, the Midnight Club has this really cool premise. It, but even the premise is weak because it's like all of these teenagers who have incurable diseases are at this creepy mansion that's a hospice in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, this is a great setup, right? There's ghosts, there's like a cult. Is there a cult? Or, you know, what kind of parents would send their terminally <laughs> ill children and be like, okay, I'll, I'll see you later. I'll see you once every four weeks. Like it just, oh my, it had so much potential and I was so annoyed, but I finished it. But that, oh, so yeah, um, that's what I was watching this last week. How many episodes is that? Oh, I can't remember. I feel like it's like eight or something. Oh God. And I was like, I was like, I feel like this this is a lot of jump scares, even for Flanagan. And I did a little Google, and it said it was like it like broke the Netflix record for jump scares. And I'm like, come on, man. I mean, everybody likes a good one once in a while. Um, sure. Except my youngest son. My youngest son hates jump scares like a hundred percent. But yeah. So anyway, that's what I attempted to watch. And um, I can't. I don't know if I've watched any other horror movies this. Um, this weekend, I did rewatch Tropic Thunder with my oldest, who was yes. here from college, and um, we had a good time with that one. And I believe that was directed by Ben Stiller, besides him starring in it, if I if I remember. Ah, uh, God, I don't remember if he did or not. But um, you know, I was wondering, are, are you watching the current season of Shetland? Uh no. Is is this the first one that Douglas Henshaw isn't in? No, this is his last. His last. Where, yeah. where, where is that uh, available? Uh, Britbox. Mm. Well, um, no, but I do want to. I think I haven't watched the last two ep- uh, seasons of Shetland, and I love. Oh, Shetland. really? Yeah. So I just need to get back to it. Oh yeah, uh, the last season. Last season was so good, and this one is is really shaping up to be. And I, I, I'm just interested to see how they're going to have him exit the show. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to be such a bummer. Mm-hmm. I, and honestly, why continue it for one more year after that? that you know, it's not like yeah. they're gonna. They said, "Oh, we're going to keep the show going." Mm-hmm. They're just, "Oh, the the show's going to end after next season." So you're literally going to have a season without your lead, and you have to introduce a new lead for one year, for well, you know six episodes or whatever it is. You know, I mean, like, come on. Yeah, just end it when he leaves. I I don't know understand. And, I, and like a dummy, I'll watch it anyway. Oh yeah, it's good yeah. though. We I think I think our last podcast we were talking about, you know how much we like Shetland and how it it's a little yeah. different than it might look. You know, it looks like one of those glum, you know, brooding detective whatever. But it's it's pretty great. So yeah, I'm I'm sad he left, but I'm sure he left for good reasons. Um. So. I I've watched a, a couple of Marvel shows. Uh, I finally got to watch uh, Ms. Marvel, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I really did. And um, of course, when I read 
anything negative about it online is it's always some incel losers who are pissed off that there's a non-white non-male lead on it or something mm-hmm. it's just you know come on it's it, it, it honestly it was not only was it fun and i and i had seen the trailers and i thought that it looked kind of boring but when i finally watched it it was it was a lot of fun i really liked the young lead she's really good she's very natural on camera and i love her family her parents and you get uh you know a look into uh, the the life of this uh, New York Muslim community, and uh, it, it was just a really good time, and and I can't wait to see her in the next Captain Marvel movie. That's going to be fun. Yeah, Ralph really likes Ms. Marvel. I didn't watch it, but he did, and every time I peeked in on it, it was so beautiful. It, like the, oh yeah, it was just very beautifully made, and it looked it, like funny. It looked like it was kind of energetic and lighthearted and fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was kind of, I think, aimed at a little bit younger audience. And uh, for that reason, I originally was hesitant to watch it because I was like, uh, is this going to be like a, like a teen show, you know? But really, I mean, it, I guess it kind of is, but it uh, at least they, they, I think they put enough in there for adults to enjoy and... For once, not everything in it was apocalyptic, you know? It wasn't like, oh my god, she's got to save the world. Like, never mind the fact that where are the rest of the Avengers or whatever. <laughs> it, it was a little more small scale as far as uh, its, you know, big battle or whatever. Uh, but that was well done. And also, I just wrapped up watching She-Hulk, which, again, was a lot of fun. And it shows really what Marvel is doing that DC is not. And that is um, they, instead of putting out a bunch of shows that are all generically the same, they all have different styles to them. And this one is more like an Ally McBeal, uh, you know, sitcom-y kind of show and uh, with a lot of fourth wall breaking and the the final episode got so meta it was absolutely hysterical and uh, tatiana maslani i love her i loved her on orphan black and she's really good she's so good at this she has great comic timing which i didn't really think we got to see her do on orphan black at all uh and it's a lot of fun there's like at the end you know because again this is a spoiler podcast so i can say this uh near the end of the final episode she's not happy with the way the storyline's going so all of a sudden you see the disney menu the disney plus menu and you see her kick out one of the panels that had her show on it and she goes and she looks for another panel and busts through that to go <laughs> it's so clever it's so well done it's and uh i really liked it and i'm glad to hear that they're doing another one uh so you know again oh these people who hate it it's like get a sense of humor it, it was fun is that is that um oh gosh is it what is the director's name he's done tons of comedy projects with women leads uh well actually i i i think it's uh if i recall it's it's a woman who does it oh is it okay all right yeah it it's um oh gosh what's her, what's her name let me see here uh oh jessica gow 
Okay. All right. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, they brought back uh they brought Mark Ruffalo in there. Okay. Uh they brought back Tim Roth as the abomination from back in the uh Edward Norton Hulk film. Uh and and of course everybody's big thing they were waiting for is they brought Daredevil in there. And uh yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I mean, it's like it, you can't look at all these Disney shows that are, uh, or Marvel shows on Disney Plus and say they're the same because yeah. WandaVision is very different than She-Hulk and uh, Ms. Marvel is very different than Moon Knight, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Loki is very different than uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They're all they all have different styles and different approaches and i've enjoyed all of them be perfectly honest with you there's not one that i didn't care for um uh and i just uh oh i saw the new uh horror film smile Uh uh-huh did you like Uh, it did you see that by any chance no i have not okay uh this is one where like i have kind of a problem with a little bit because it was very well made and I was entertained, but it suffers from an uh, over familiarity because you've seen this story structure before. You know, it, it's it's basically it's the ring, it's the grudge, it's mm. it's like uh, the viral yeah. supernatural story. Yeah, bye bye man, whatever. Where it's like, oh, you see or hear some whatever this thing is and you've got a week till you die and weird creepy things happen that freak you out leading up to that and um it's really well done and very creepy incredibly creepy but at the same time you also pretty much know how it's going to end right and i did a sarcastic (laughs) post about it where i predicted the ending and i was absolutely right pretty much you know and (laughs) like if i haven't even seen it and i predicted the ending that that irritates me but um it was fun though it 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 was a good time of uh like you know i don't know 100 minutes of creepiness um and then i just got the uh the blu-ray of house of terrors which is a japanese film from the 60s that's very much styled after italian gothic films and uh it, it it's really great i can't wait to watch it uh i already obviously i've seen it before but uh and it's on youtube if you don't want to spend the money to get the uh <clears throat> the blu-ray but um it's so creepy and well done it's it's like i think it was 68 or something like that and it's black and white even though most films were color by that point but i think the black and white really aids it so mm. um yeah, I, I recommend that. Like I said, if if you you really want to see it, but you don't feel like paying for it, just watch it on YouTube because it's on there. Um, let's see what else. Was there anything else? Uh, Can I just say sure. this is not on genre at all, but I yeah. got my soul snatched by Rings of Power. I love it. I love oh, yeah? it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I do like Lord of the Rings. I don't I don't think you're a huge fan. Um, I, I the own books. them. Okay. I read the books like a long time ago and I haven't touched the Cimmerillion. I'm not that in depth with the lore at all. Like I'm not. Um, But 
I will say, first of all, it's beautiful. As you know, it's like, I yeah. think it's the most expensive television program ever produced. It's, it's so beautiful that you're like, come on guys, you could have spent half this much and it still would have looked good. It is literally so opulent. But I will say, it is a show where all of us watching, including people who really, really, really know their Tolkien, we were guessing who is which character. We're like, is this going to be so-and-so? Is this going to be such-and-such, such, right? Of course, Sauron, right? Who's, is this Sauron? Is that guy Sauron? It tricked so many people this first season. So I think that's pretty good. When a, when a show can actually trick even the diehard fans who are like ass deep in the lore, and I told Ralph, I'm like, I can't believe they're going to make something like five seasons and I'm going to watch all of it. And you know that I never get caught into a TV show. I always get bored. So I will say I loved it. And um, I feel like they made some really bold choices. And of course, there are a bunch of racists who are upset with some of the cast. Of course. Choices. But even past the casting choices, I just think the show made some bold moves and I freaking loved it. And I'm like, great, like Amazon got me. Like, so I, I'm like, I can't believe I have to wait another year to watch more of it. But that's what we used to have to do back in the day, right? We, you and I are old enough. We remember that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I remember it's summertime. Now you got to wait. Exactly. In, uh... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, you know, we're so used to the binge model now that you can like, you're like, oh, I got a whole season. Watch it all. But it's like I had to wait every week for a new episode. It was agony. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, you know, it, it's so funny now because so many of those like you're saying, it's like uh, you want, you end up binging stuff. So like I go and I'm all excited about, oh, uh, Death in Paradise is back. It's eight episodes. So it, it, they play two a week. Mm. They put, you know, put on, on BritBox. So I'm, I'm done in like four weeks. <laughs> right. Because I burned through. I'm like, God damn it. Now it's like over for another year. Yeah. <laughs> 11 more months. Well, you know, it's kind of funny because my oldest said that. So he's only 20. So he doesn't really remember TV era, right? Um, yeah. Of course. Uh, and we didn't have TV when we were raising our, our sons. But um, he said that he thinks it's better when they trickle it out because there's more discourse, there's more discussion. You're sitting there thinking about what happened instead of watching eight episodes of it. And I agree with that because like while Rings of Power was coming out, my partner and I were arguing. <laughs> we were like, I'm like, that's not sore on that. You know, it was like there was more fun because because of the fact that you couldn't just like gulp down a bunch of it. So I do like it. It's just kind of like, damn, I got to wait, you know. Um, and some I don't know, I've just never cared much about it. like I'm not a big Stranger Things fan. I, you know, I've, I've watched every season. I think the only season I really liked was the first season. But um, yes, I definitely loved Rings of Power, and they—I'm—I'm I'm quite sure I will be watching every single bit of it. They—I was pleasantly surprised with how that went down. Uh, well, and, and boy, I, Amazon, they're really gonna have—they're spending a buttload oh of gosh. money on that. Yeah, that's what I mean. I—that's what I mean to <laughs> to spend that much money and to make some of the not just the casting choices, but the story choices that were definitely gonna piss off the. The sort of like, yeah, the incel like I I one of my I'm in a I'm in a production of Rocky Horror right now. Mm. And, okay, sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, my cast <laughs> my castmate uh, I got I made the mistake of talking to him about the show, and he literally was following me around backstage trying to explain the Cimmerillion to me, and I'm like. Dude. <laughs> 
I'm like, dude, like I'm making polite conversation. But anyway, so anyway, there. I just think the show made bold choices that paid off. And also it was pretty cool to see a bunch of British actors because, you know, I think sometimes shows hire these really capable British actors because they must be cheaper because there were loads of guys in the Rings of Power. I'm like, oh, I remember him from Foil's War. I remember him from Midsummer Murders. It was it was adorable. <laughs> Uh well you know the my favorite thing is when you get the arguments from these people like you know they, they have black characters there it's like it, you realize they're they're fake characters right they're right. they're the whole not fake. real <laughs> yeah you realize that balrogs understand. balrogs aren't real right like palantirs yeah. don't exist right yeah i know i know <laughs> mm. oh so much fun well, it's been four years since Michael Myers decimated half the town of Haddonfield. Laurie Strode has finally let go of her anger and fear and moved on, living with her granddaughter, Allison. When Allison starts dating a troubled young man, Laurie starts to feel that same sense of dread. This one has it all. Therapy, murders, romance, and the most evil marching band in history. <laughs> most of all, it has Laurie and Michael, who will be left standing when Halloween ends. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. just obsessed with death what are you gonna do when michael comes back for you because he is coming but this time something feels different he's more dangerous Okay, I have to tell you, I saw this Friday morning, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and I have been waiting to talk to you about this. No shit, Me too. because like, <laughs> you know, I, nobody, well, nobody else I know saw it yet, and like, I'm sitting like, oh, I want to say something so bad. <laughs> so oh, yeah. So how do you how do you feel about it? Okay, I it. 
I don't even, I'm like speechless because I was making predictions. We saw it last night and I was like, so-and-so is going to die. This is the body count. I was wrong about almost every prediction I made. Mm. I was totally wrong. They went, they went in a direction nobody could have predicted. Now, ha- having watched it, you can sit there and go, oh, okay, I see what they were doing with this. Or, you know, like even the use of the font from Season of the Witch, right? You know, which was famously hated by fans, right. right? And so they went, they're like, we'll show you a different, like fucking, like Michael Myers does not show up for like 70 minutes or something. Yeah, so, it's an hour, hour and six minutes. Yes, but I will say I did love it. I had a couple problems with it, but I honestly loved it. And the way I, the reason I know I loved it is I keep thinking about it and wanting to watch the whole three again, because yeah. they were three very different films. And I, as I'm watching, I was like, oh my God, so many people are going to be so annoyed by this, but I loved it. I totally loved it. I mean, I do have some problems. I can't wait to bitch about a couple things, but honestly, I, I was impressed. Okay. See now. I, I am going to, uh, I, I'm going to tell you I I loved it as well and I, I I have seen nothing but negativity about it I mean just people losing their mind yeah. and, and you know like the level of that oh my childhood's ruined you know kind of you know garbage um, you know everybody's got their right to like or dislike something that's fine Um but boy, it's like it's gotten to like this point of like, oh, I if you don't if you like this movie, you're a piece of human garbage, and you know, blah blah. blah. Worst movie of all time. It's worse than the Holocaust. You know, I mean, it's yeah. like okay, thank God there's no hyperbole there, right? Um, it, I love the fact that this went completely in a different direction than I expected it to go. Um, matter of fact. With with the exception of uh, the very beginning with the kid, there aren't really any murders for quite some for time. almost that hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and um, I really liked the the story that they came up with, and uh, the and of course, I, I the ending was so satisfying for me, and I. If if somehow they could have uh, resurrected Donald Pleasance from the grave and stuck him in there somehow, <laughs> that it would have made it one hundred percent perfect for me. But uh, I, I I really it felt like, and I don't mean this in a negative way, it felt like uh, a two hour uh, therapy session <laughs> that 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 feels like it 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 it. Um, it, it satisfied everything that you needed to have happen I um, yeah well first of all i really think this film was um made for uh with younger audiences in mind mm. uh, people like gen z um and gen z is actually reacting quite favorably to the film so you've got all these fuddy duddies who old old farts like you and i who are like upset and but I think it's I think we're going to find that it's going to be a huge the whole trilogy is going to be huge with Gen Z. I really think it was even the casting of Corey, who ended up being a major character. Yeah. You know, when the when the story starts, you do, I didn't realize he was going to be a major character. I just thought it was going to be a kill that happened or like I wasn't tuning in. And at some point I was like, oh, OK, this is the guy. Even his casting 
was definitely a Gen Z type of casting. So I do think it's going to, the history is going to show, just like with Halloween 3, which I don't love, but but it it's ended up being a lot more beloved than it first was, right? And I think that's going to happen in this film, which is, I just think they made some like amazing choices. And um, I, I knew, the only prediction I got right, I, I knew they weren't going to kill Allison. I was like, yeah, they're not going to do that. Like killing Karen was already pretty rough. Like, damn, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I think I got every other prediction. Like I thought Lori was going to die. So did I. Yeah, definitely. I loved, I loved so much about this film. I love that Michael was in a diminished capacity. Do you know what I mean? Like he was an old man and he, he definitely still had what it takes, but he was, (laughs) he, he wasn't as powerful. Like, uh, Phoenix, my, my son said at the end when Lori pins him down with all of that, with the knife and the fridge, I love that. I love when he yeah. got pinned. Phoenix was like, oh, in Halloween Kills, he could have gotten back up. I said, yeah, you're right. Like he, yeah. you know, he had been sitting there for four years in a stinky mask under the overpass, right? Like he was not up to snuff. And at the same time, I I didn't think oh, I guess Corey is going to be the new Michael Myers. Like I never, I think some people might've felt that misdirection, but I didn't. I was like, where are they going with this? Like the whole movie, I was like, where are they going with this? And I was wrong about every, because I thought, oh, there's going to be a moment where Michael is about to kill Allison and Corey will step in. But that didn't happen. It was just like nothing, nothing that was a typical horror trope. Like, happen i mean there were some moments right like the the old doctor with his nurse girlfriend that kind of went down like a lot of horror movies you know sure that that felt the most like a halloween movie yes yeah but the but there were only a few and oh, by the way we had to wait so long for the kills and they were so good <laughs> oh, oh the, so yeah good. the ones that we got were pretty pretty damn good ralph was uh, like, i, I particularly uh, yeah I know which one you're thinking. It's yeah. the it's the DJ, right? It has to be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the, yeah the DJ was pretty good. I mean, that that was pretty good. Uh, although I I think actually my favorite was the blowtorch in the mouth. The uh, blowtorch in the mouth was good because yeah. um, oh and oh my god, that was almost like a sort of Rob Zombie Halloween moment because because we're seeing the blowtorch in the mouth and but we're looking past that kid to the young woman who's watching and screaming and yeah. you're sitting there going yeah but can you just show a little bit more <laughs> like we just <laughs> it, it like it didn't quite focus on it it was so good like every kill was good but I, when the when the DJ got got his head bashed in and Michael lifts his head and his tooth falls out and then he cuts his tongue out Ralph started laughing and later Ralph's like was that supposed to be funny and I said well for a Halloween movie, it's supposed to be fun. Not quite funny, but like it was <laughs> I said for a fan, you're just you're loving it, right? Like seriously, that was so good. Okay, I got to say Ralph watched it? Yeah, we, he went with us. Really? Yeah. I, I kind of I did not picture him watching it at all. Well, he watched the first two with me and the first okay. one we saw together in the <clears throat> theater and this was pre-covid of course and the theater was packed and and I think Ralph got to appreciate how fun it is to watch like in a packed theater with with big horror fans like he saw the, how fun that energy is. Yeah. And of course for Halloween Kills, you know, just like you we were yeah, we weren't really going into theaters. We certainly weren't going to go in a packed theater. 
But, you know, it's funny because exactly a year ago before I saw Halloween Kills uh, or for Halloween Ends, I watched the new Bond movie in the same theater exactly one year ago, right? Mm. And that's another franchise where they went a really different direction. Like, yeah. again, I made, a, I made a few predictions for the last Bond film, and I was wrong about most of them. And so this film just went a t- different direction, and I loved it because I could not guess what was going to happen next at no point. In fact, I was worried about Will Patton getting killed. Same. Yeah, and then at, at a certain point towards the end, I'm like, okay, the only time we've seen him was when he kind of flirts with Laurie, and we haven't seen him again, so I feel like he's safe. And if he's safe, probably Laurie is safe. But it's like I didn't start piecing that together till the very end. So for the film to make me sit there and actively worry and guess, that's pretty good because a lot of horror movies, you just sit back and wait for the events to unfold, you know? But I was, like, very invested. <laughs> Although I was... Here's one of my problems. Allison would not have fallen for that dude. I just, he had nothing going for him. And the, like, she was so into him so quickly. And I could not, like, I just couldn't get it. I couldn't get there. But I finally was like, okay, I'm going to accept that she likes him and let's move forward. But no, I was not feeling that. Yeah, I, I, that, I will agree. It, it did seem like it just, like, she was, like, instantly enamored of him. She was. And he, yeah. she was out of his league. I mean, yes, she has this troubled past, but she's got a job. She's gorgeous. Like, and he's this scruffy, mumbling, like dirty guy who works yeah. in a junkyard. <clears throat> I was like, ah, you know, I get why they made that romance. I get why they did it, but I was, I was struggling. I was struggling with that. Um, I, I have to say, it's, uh, it's like this movie kind of read my mind of what I wanted. I wanted Laurie to live. I wanted Frank to live and I wanted them to get together. I, I really did. And we got that sweet moment of on the front porch yeah. at the end where they're talking about visiting Japan together. Uh, and, and I loved it. And honestly, this might be Will Patton's like sweetest performance uh, character. Well, he often plays such you know, a creep. I mean, right. you know, yeah, exactly. He's usually kind of kind of an asshole or yeah. or a creep or a murderer or something, and and to see him get to play this really kind man, it was really nice. I, I liked that. Uh, I liked uh, the fact that uh, that lady that I thought was killed in Halloween Kills, she's still alive. I know. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the one who got the freaking broken oh, yeah. uh, fluorescent lamp in the yeah. throat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she definitely looked like she was dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, and then, um, oh, what, what's her face? Uh, Lindsay didn't die either. I thought she was a goner. I, was I like, did too. Oh, she's going to die. So yeah, um, I was. She wasn't in it very much either. But no, uh, and um, you know there was a there was a sheriff, a black sheriff in the yes. State. I thought he was barely in the film because I, I was like, oh, he's gonna die. So I, I was just wrong about everything I thought was gonna happen. And I can't find a. Uh, I looked online. I can't find a kill count. But you know, well, the, here's the thing. Corey kills way more people than Michael does. Right. Right. Uh, Michael actually only kills three people. And uh, I, I'm trying to think. Corey, I mean, he kills. Um, let's see. Uh, he kills the doctor, and he kills all four of those marching band. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I got to talk about this. It's no like shit. how many? 
uh, how many movies have you seen where the marching band are evil little pricks? I know. I was. I looked at Ralph. I was like, band kids aren't like this. <laughs> like, they band were like, kids like going and picking on people who are bigger than them. Yeah. <laughs> they were. They. But also, just it's weird when movies have high school kids as just these really sinister, violent bullies. Like yes. Stephen, Stephen King writes that all the time, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, did something happen to you, buddy? Because I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, like it's kind of like these are teenagers; they wouldn't go this hard. <laughs> but yeah, they are like absolutely evil. Like you know, they're gonna get killed, and the way they do works out really great. Like it's super fun. But yeah, so Michael killed. <laughs> um, he killed the cop, the ex. Right. That right. part was so funny because Corey's like, "Show me how to do it." It's like. It's a knife, bitch. Like, what? Yeah, you, you do this. Chicka, this chicka, is what chicka. you do. <laughs> so he killed the cop. He killed the um, the nurse, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pinned her to the wall. Um, yeah. So who else did he kill? Because I, 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 I'm having such a hard time remembering. There is a third person that Michael kills, and I can't remember who uh, the hell it is. But I was, I was, because I was talking to somebody else about it, and they pointed that out, and mm-hmm. I, and then it, it immediately went in one ear and went out the other, and I completely forgot. But I just, um, I wonder if the full kill count of the film has to be something like 12. Like, it's not, like, because Halloween Kills had 31 kills. Oh, yeah. Halloween Kills was over the top. Which I loved. And like I said, like, I feel like they're three different films. You know, the second one is the most kind of bombastic, ridiculous, over the top blood fest, which I love. Yeah. You know, the first one is like, treating the source material with so much serious this first one is such a great setup such a great drama and then this one was like f you we're going our own direction with this <laughs> i i just loved i love all three i love all three well uh, you know the thing that and i think this is obviously part of the reason why a lot of people have a negative reaction uh is totally it is completely different uh, than either film previous. Uh, like the first movie felt like uh, the return of a great villain. Right. Right. And then the second movie is basically him just killing for, you know, an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> yes. I mean, literally that's, that's what it is. It, it's uh, just kill, 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 kill. Oh, there's Lori. Kill, 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 kill. Um <laughs> And again, don't have a problem with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, tonally, it is completely different. Um, and I, when I, like I said, when I when I say um, that it 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 was, it's kind of like a therapy session. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, it was much more character driven, and we we really got to see. Uh, with Allison, with, Allison was the biggest character in this. Yeah, but also we got to see that you know Lori's work working through her issues, right? Yeah. And and I I liked that because and, and I know people disagree with me, but I I felt like it was um it, it, I don't know it didn't feel like I was being lectured, I guess. Um. It, it just felt like this is someone who's been through a lot of trauma and this is how she deals with it. And, uh, and then, you know, you bring the, the, 
the Corey character, she genuinely cares about Corey. You know, she's worried about him and the fact that he's going to be going in, in a bad direction. Right. And, um, but again, uh, when you get to the final 30 minutes, which is when the majority of all the kills take place. Right. Uh, and <clears throat> he finally shows up. Uh, well, Corey first shows up and tries to kill Lori. And then she pretty much, <laughs> she shoots him a bunch of times and then stabs him in the throat. That was great. Cause she ha- pretends to kill herself. Right. Yeah. The, 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 and yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but then, you know, um, the, the, when she finally nails him, right. And I know a lot of people just seem to really want everything to be just really bombastic with it. I liked the fact that it was very small scale and personal. Mm-hmm. It was her and Michael. And then at the very last second, Allison shows up and, you know, and it was like, you know, I'm done with you motherfucker. Right. You know, I'm fucking done with running from you. I I'm done with dealing with you. If you're going to take me out fine, but I'm taking you with me kind of thing. And it was so well done and I loved it. It just, they, uh, you know, took it to where I wanted it to go. And then after that, I can see some people again, having a problem with it, but I loved the whole thing of the like, Oh, this the law won't let you do this is like no tonight we're doing it this way and they strap him with the, the hood of the car and drive him slowly through town uh-huh. <laughs> i i and they freaking dump him into that compactor that was so good <laughs> i oh my god i loved it Whoa. i was just i was absolutely cheering uh when that happened and, and really at the end i'll be honest i was emotional at the end well, it it I it was brilliant because we did get this gore, all, the gore that we love, right? Sure. The, with, but we also got um, a more impactful, like the scene where she slowly cuts his throat and then opens his wrists. Um, yeah. And it, it's very deliberate. It isn't like a horror movie where it's like, oh, the the bad guy leaps up and you shoot him through the face with a crossbow. It was like a very deliberate, like slaying on her part yeah and and then they put him in the compactor it's like he's gone i said to ralph i go there's no coming back from that yeah (laughs) he's gone but like it was so it was like it gave us the horror like the juicy horror stuff that we find so fun but it was also it was emotional and um and it was very like like you say like laurie in a typical horror film they would have picked up right after Karen was dead and Lori would be like Rambo three, you know what I'm saying? And it's right. like, they didn't yeah, yeah, do yeah. that at all. They, they, cause it's like, she's got some more years left and she's, she's like, I can't live the way I was living. Right. So she, right. she tries to build this new life and the town, like several people in the town hate her guts and, oh my gosh, like it was emotional. And, um, the procession was very cool. I was like, oh, like it was like a very, like all, all the cars going down with their lights. I was like, it felt like it brought the series to a close. Now, you and I know they're going to reboot it again or whatever. Sure, but, of course. But it's like, I really liked the way it closed. I th- I feel like these four films are really good films. The first one and then these last three. And it's like, just watch those. You don't need to watch the others, right? 
Um, well, for me, I, I love one through four. Um, I, I love Donald Pleasance. Uh, the, the Dr. Loomis character to me is the only thing that's really missing from these, right? Yeah, true. And of course, it, you know, the actors passed away. So and he would have been too old anyway. Because when he passed away in 1995, he was 76. Right. So uh, he probably he would have been in a wheelchair. Uh, but uh, yeah, for me, this ends the, the Laurie Strode story. And I know because it makes money, they're going to, you know, they'll keep making more. But they're going to have, in order to do it, they're going to have to reboot the whole thing. And I'm fine with that. Because to me, that's a completely different entity. Right. You know, um, because unlike with H2O, uh, where she beheads him and you're like, well, okay, you know, that that does it. Well, they came up with that ridiculous way of right. getting around Paramedic, it in Resurrection, yeah. right? Well, this one, because somebody said pointed that out online, was like, oh, well, what's to keep them from doing the same kind of thing? I said, well, because Lori takes his mask off to make sure that it's him. Yeah. And I don't know if that was almost like an unconscious, like nod to H2O, but she takes the mask off and she, she can see Michael because she's seen Michael's face before several times. And so, uh, no, he's, he's friggin' dead. <laughs> he's as dead as you could possibly be. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, unless they're going to reanimate Hamburger. I was going to say, unless there's a supernatural, whatever, because they've done that before too, right? Well, Decent, well yeah, they, they did that in, in part yeah. five right, and right. six with the whole cult of Thorn. But uh, in that case, though, the evil could be transferred, uh, which, because at the end of Halloween six, he uh, transfers it to Dr. Loomis, supposedly. Hmm. Um even though it's done kind of done slightly off screen, whatever. Um, so yeah. So what would you give this one? Oh man. Well, I still feel like I'm sort of still processing it to be honest. Um, yeah. So I probably give it a nine. I think I've given all of them a nine. These, these recent, I think they've been great. Yeah. I, I, I think I agree. Um, it just, uh, I know a lot of people aren't happy with it, but I have to say for me, it just, it, it worked. I, I really liked the, the fact that each one kind of had a different feel to it. Yeah. Um, and like you were saying earlier, it, it definitely did not go where I expected it to go. You know, I, it, it there were things that happened because I whole time I'm like, okay, when are they going to kill Frank? Right. When, when are they going to kill Lindsay? You know, and they didn't do either, you yeah. know, and, and I thought all the way up until the very last second, I thought they were going to kill Lori. I thought he was going to strangle her or break her neck. Yep, me too. And then Allison showed up, so, yeah. uh, which was great. <clears throat> and the way she snapped his arm like that. Oh, my that God. Well, again, again, <laughs> you, it, like, that was like a fun moment. It was like, I mean, I laughed at that scene because it was, she's like, rah. <laughs> She well, yeah, there. and you're and you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh she was she was great too, and I just feel like I understand that people people want more of the same tropes, 
But yeah. that's how you get like 12 Saw movies and none of them are that good. <laughs> like it's because they do yeah. the same shit over and over. So I'm a fan of something going a different direction because I feel like I've seen I've seen a, a Halloween three a million times like a, a, that kind of concept. So I loved it. And like I said, the fact that I'm still sitting there thinking about it and wanting to watch it again. Great soundtrack, yeah. too, by the way. So that means it's mm -hmm. a good film because there are a lot of horror films I watch. I go, OK, that was that was fine. And I don't want to revisit it, you know. So for me, when I want to revisit a film, that's a good film. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I understand that uh, you've been wandering through the produce section uh, trolling for uh, for dudes. <laughs> for hunky guys. <laughs> <clears throat> so imagine a first date with Sebastian Stan. Okay, right, you're in. You're already dead meat. Because who wouldn't fall for that? Winsome wallflower 20-something Noah is beleaguered from the demeaning battles of the online dating world. And they are brutal. She's ready to give up love entirely when she runs into handsome Steve in the produce section at the market. He's attentive, shy, sweet, and sizzling hot. They embark on a whirlwind fling, and he offers to take her away for the weekend. Why not? Well, soon Noah is in a battle for her life and her ass, literally, as she realizes <laughs> she's fallen for a honeypot trap. Who will prevail, Noah or Steve? No matter the outcome, you won't find an expiration date on the horror comedy Fresh. The women in our parents' generation, they just... They were more into femininity. You know what I mean? Hmm. Because I think you would just look great in a dress. You but I mean, if you were pretty much done, actually, thank you. If it's cool, I'm just gonna snag these leftovers. I don't know how you do it, Molly. Do what? Dating people. No, no. You do not need a man, okay? So don't play the games. Just be you straight out the gate. Do you live around here? Because I, I live on aisle six. That was terrible. Was kind of terrible. What's his Instagram? I want to stalk a little bit. Doesn't have one. Say what? Yeah. Oh no. See, that's that's shady. Let's play a game. Tell me something you don't want me to know. I hate this. Okay. <laughs> Put all our hopes in finding happiness through someone else. Yeah. Girl. You all digmatized, and I haven't even seen this dude. What's going on? I'm gonna tell you, but you're gonna freak out. No, this isn't happening. Yeah, it's happening. No games. Know what you wanted? It's about giving. Giving yourself over to somebody. Becoming one forever. That's love. This. It's a straight girl's fantasy come true, right? Okay. Uh, so, first of all, I, I you know, I, I think we can all agree Sebastian Stan is yummy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> um. I, I first of all, when the movie started out, I kept going, okay, what's wrong with him? Uh -huh. <laughs> as soon as she met him, I'm like, okay, he's, uh, he, he's, and I, and I, the first thing that came to my mind, I said, he's either a cannibal or, uh, or he's like a Satan worshiper or something like that, you know? 
Uh, and of course, I get, it turns out that he's the, the former. Um, <clears throat> although right out of the gate, we see her on a date. Yeah, uh, with this guy named Chad. That was right. And I actually, I messaged you. I said, I want to throat punch this guy already. <laughs> oh my god, that was rough. what a douchebag. Um, I mean, to go and then like to go from that guy to Sebastian Stan is like okay. I, you know, cannibal or not, I mean, it's still a, a it's still an upgrade. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think I've realized it's like infinity scarf equals douchebag. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> and then like he goes and he does like the, the way it's not just the way he's talking to her, but the way he's treating the waitress. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, was, my God, was, shut up. That was like a cringe. That was a hard uh first scene to watch you know uh, because he was so awful and he yeah. was cri- criticizing her appearance in this like neggy type of way oh yeah he was he was awful uh, oh yeah the the you know like uh, why do women cover themselves up with baggy clothes yeah. women women really used to care dress. more about their appearance yeah, and like, yeah at the t- point where she's she kind of politely says no and he then calls her a bitch and she she's like okay and walks away i was like oh my god i'm like if if i ever ended up single again i i don't think i could do it i don't think i could it's just such a cruel yeah i mean my friends who do online dating say it's pretty cruel it's pretty rough Um, oh yeah 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 so that leaves her so then she's she's like i'm never gonna get a boyfriend okay she's got this like feisty friend monica who has a very successful love life and uh, Noah says, like, okay, I, I guess I will, I'll be alone. She's, like, 20-something and gorgeous. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's when she meets Sebastian Stan. So I didn't know anything about this movie except, unfortunately, I did know that he got his testicles built, bit off at the end. And I wish I didn't <laughs> know that. I Like, this is why I try to avoid any any trailer, any spoiler, because I would have rather not known that um because it wasn't a surprise when it happened <laughs> it was like oh yeah th- there they go <laughs> uh yeah it, it's it, oh wow okay um so w- was it paul who was the bartender dude i think so yeah paul yeah okay <laughs> they, they they spend uh, uh, half the movie of him searching for uh, for Monica, uh, and then he gets there, and he hears screaming and gunshots, and he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm out," and he leaves. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, I feel like this film was so strong, like like twenty percent up to eighty percent of the film. the 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 ending, I I just feel like it dragged on a little too long. And it had these weird loose ends because Paul was a loose end because yeah. it was very much like in um, what is that? Get out. Right. The friend, the black friend, right. he's like something's up, dude. And he and he comes and he, he's the deus ex machina. He he you know, he rescues the main character. So but Paul just kind of wandered off like you. You thought, oh, Paul might get killed or Paul. might, But nothing. He just disappeared. And also the wife had some henchmen with her and he disappeared, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, yes. there was these two loose ends that were just, but that said, like there were some really cool things about this movie. And I feel like having a woman write it and a woman direct it made it a little bit fresher, like a little bit better. Like, like she's captive. Noah's captive. 
So she has to make a plan. And she's looking around the house. Like, she's, she's casing the house as much as she can. And so when she finally gets the upper hand, she goes and gets the other women. And that was a cool bit of the way they handled that, I thought was really cool. Because it, it ends up that it's a good thing she got those other women because they all were able to, even in their you know, disabled state, they were able to overpower the villain. So I really liked that, but I just feel like the film went on a little too, like it needed about 20 minutes edited out, in my opinion. Yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking. There was a certain point where I, w- I looked at the clock and I was like, yep. how much yep. is left? Yeah. You know, I think th- I think what it was is I think they spent too much time on, uh, and I understand why they did it, but on her trying to build a bond with him yeah to get his trust right because he kept they kept having dinner together and she's being very coquettish with like oh like you know i guess you say the the breast for last Ah, you know that kind of stuff um because it does feel like eh, about 15, 20 minutes too long. Does, um, yeah. and, and I was absolutely thinking about what you were saying with like, okay, after she kills the wife or her friend kills the wife with the shovel. Right. Right. And uh, I was going, wait, that when's that guy? dude going to show up? Yeah, exactly. The, the guy, the, the, the goon who is disposing of the, of uh, Steve's body. Uh, I kept thinking he's just going to like pop up from behind the tree and that'll be the end. Right. It'll yeah. be some shitty, uh, you know, downbeat ending where they think they're gonna escape, and all of a sudden, dun dun, he's he pops out and like impales them or something. Um, but no, he just sort of disappeared, yeah. and that was it. The the film um, had so many clever bits to it, like the way they handled Steve's misogyny was really well done. Just you know that he. I mean, obviously, he's a plastic surgeon and a cannibal who imprisons women and sells the, the, the body parts to men, wealthy men. But also just little things like he does have this wife and he, he grabs her and he's looking at her face in what looks like a tender expression. But you realize he's looking for her facelift. He's looking at her um, as a like because he's a plastic surgeon, he's, he's a misogynist. And that was handled in a really subtle way. So there were like all of these bits that were very clever or like how, when Noah gets the upper hand on the wife, she actually stabs her with the car keys. And that, that was referencing like her earlier putting the car keys in her hand because she thought a man was following her, which is like a well known thing that women do, which is like part of society. So there were all these clever parts to it. And so the, the ending was like, I feel like they spent too long with that weird romantic interlude where they're dancing together and stuff. Mm, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I was like, yeah, you needed an editor there. Cause it was like, all right. I did like, however, that um, he was so good in this. He did a, the character was written really well and he did a really good job. And I, and I liked that he had this part of him that wanted to be understood like that was his Achilles yeah. heel. Like he, he had this great life he'd set up for himself. He was rich. He had the perfect wife, two kids. He had this lucrative side job, and yet he wanted someone to understand his um, paraphilia, his his cannibalism, and that was portrayed really well. Like he was, you know, he really wanted to share it, and it was like, sorry, buddy, <laughs> not very many people are going to be with you on that one. Like. <laughs> 
Well, the thing that was interesting with his character is they could have gone like the Jekyll Hyde, like nice guy, evil guy, but they they really portray him kind of like almost kind of like ah shucks. Uh, I, 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 you know, I really like you and, you know, this and that, you know, like, why is he still taking the time to spend time with her? Uh, unlike the, uh, cause like the others were like, you slept with him. Yeah. And, like nobody else did, you know? And so they, he really kind of gave this interesting performance where you're, you're thinking like, uh, you almost like, think for a while like maybe he's redeemable no no he's not (laughs) yeah no nope it's it's because he's 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 a charmer yeah i was having a hard time believing he was that he would be in love with her because she kind of didn't have a personality i mean the actress is great but i wasn't getting much from her and so i wasn't quite believing he would fall for her um that was a little tricky for me to to believe but I do think in a film that would, if, if this film had been directed by a man, written by a man, you would have seen him do Jekyll and Hyde. You would have seen him be horrifying. You would have seen a grisly surgery scene. And the way they handled the surgery scenes were, was amazing because he, they didn't show anything. They, he, no. He's playing his music and he's, you know, cock of the walk and the women are sedated. So they're not screaming in pain. And then he gives them medication afterwards so that they're comfortable. Like that is quite creepy. And if if you're gonna believe in a cannibal doctor, which is a stretch, um, that <laughs> is how they do it, right? They want to keep the situation controlled and fastidious. And I liked that that that's how they went with that. Yeah, it it, it kind of reminded me of some of the uh, like similar kind of scenes on the show Hannibal, where oh right, yeah, which where I they, hate. They... <laughs> Oh how dare you uh the uh because they did the same kind of thing when they would show the the quote-unquote meat uh the person like a person's leg or whatever like that you know they use stuff like uh like a pork roast or something to represent that right uh and so it looked very uh because i guess because he kept them frozen or whatever it looked very bloodless and uh very much like oh he's preparing some pork chops or whatever he's doing um so let me yeah and i think i I think noah like again the actress was really good but i do think she was kind of like a blank slate yeah she was you know and i think maybe that might have been kind of intentional that she you know doesn't have necessarily uh i'm trying to think uh she she comes off kind of as someone who might be what's uh what they they've i've heard referred to as like a a girlfriend or boyfriend chameleon where if you like oh if i get into a relationship with someone who's really into baseball now i love baseball yeah like that's why she appealed to him because she had that quality maybe right Um, yeah yeah that's kind of what i think they were kind of going for um so let me ask you uh did you think at uh when you first met the wife did you think she was in on it uh yes i did and Mm -hmm. i i actually thought I, i i thought maybe that um they had twin boys and that maybe she was 
I th- that she was his twin sister and his wife. Oh, <laughs> yeah, gross. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, which they didn't go that direction. And also, um, there was an interesting, you know, he'd obviously eaten her leg because she was missing a leg, and so the implication was like maybe she had been a victim and she had charmed him and was now his wife. Um, mm. But he had the he had a smoked uh, smoked something in the fridge, and I was like. Is that her leg? Like, has he been eating her leg for long, like for longer because it was it was um, preserved? So uh, that was pretty interesting. But they didn't they didn't really go much with her. But yeah, I did think she was in on it. Oh, okay. Um, I also liked we we should all have a girlfriend like Monica, right? Because Monica isn't sure. overly nosy, but she is definitely noticing that her friend is doing something out of character. She's paying attention, so she was a great girlfriend. And the way that she was investigating and her and Paul kind of like, are, are you making a big deal out of nothing? And she's like, no, this seems like something. Of course, she thought that it was that he was married, but um, which he was. So, yeah, yeah. that was uh, that was well done. You know, I was worried for Monica, but I think uh, I, I just like that it wasn't it wasn't like a film with this content that I'd seen before. It was a little bit different. Um, I have to say I love that that brief little bit at the end where they like who's that and oh that was his wife she's like he was He's married? married right exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like what do you care yeah <laughs> right but, yeah that was funny I uh, I actually I have to say just um, as an aside I really loved the set design of the house yeah it was very cool it was just really uh ultra modern uh and beautiful but in like kind of like a cold way yeah it was a cool setup um you know could a guy really support two even if he's a plastic surgeon and a cannibal could he you know you have to suspend your disbelief that he has these two Portland houses that are just opulent like you know I was like okay but it was a very cool <laughs> very cool house and um and I just I liked his portrayal of this character like when he first tells her um what he's gonna do she's like are you gonna rape me he's like I'm not gonna rape you he's like um I'm gonna sell your meats and your hair and shit like that there are people that buy yeah. that the way he explained it was like so chilling because it's like well of course there are people like that um, you know, I don't know how successful that there are, that kind of thing is, but there are people like that, right? There are cannibal fetishists out there, yeah. Uh, so it was God. very creepy when he said it. Like the way he said it, it was like, because to him it's old hat. He has a little system, so he right. wasn't he wasn't like being menacing. He was like, okay, listen, there's this whole thing, and you're a part of it now. I really liked that. It was just, that was the only moment that was a little bit scary for me. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, you'll you'll die eventually, but oh you my know, God, not for a while. Right? Jeez. You know, the way he did it was, it was so matter of fact, you know, like, it's like, oh, God, it, it really, it makes uh, the thought of dating suck. I, <laughs> not really. Uh, dating's the worst. No um, kidding, right? Well, so, and, and I have to say, like, I love, as a vegan, I love movies about cannibalism, because to me, that is, that is what any flesh consumption is like. It is disgusting. Like when she's sitting there trying to eat that meatball it's like that's how i'd feel if you tried to get me to eat a meatball made from a cow like so i just love i I don't know i've always loved cannibal movies even before i was vegan so this is a pretty good cannibal movie you know (laughs) so what would you give it i have to say i'm only gonna give it a seven because 
I I loved parts of it, but I think it really could have used an edit because I did get bored, and that's that's not cool. So yeah, uh, I I give it a six because of the like the the extra what I felt like twenty minutes it could have been gone. Yeah. Uh, but also, I'm not a huge cannibal movie fan. Ah. Um, I felt like, even though I know that there was like, uh, uh, some lighter moments, it 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 treads for me kind of like into torture porn area, and and I don't, I'm not a fan of that. Um, but I mean, the the two lead performances are great. They were, yeah. Um, Sebastian Stan is really good and uh i do hope we see uh more of him in uh, the marvel movies so <laughs> he and oh, he has lots of range because of course i first saw him in, in marvel and i wasn't that i didn't he didn't catch my eye and then i saw him in that really dour movie destroyer with nicole kidman um, mm -hmm. which is not a good film but he was very good in it and then he was in um we have always lived in the castle and he was also kind right. of villainous so I'm like, okay, like he is capable of, like, I, I got more interested in him. I really, so, you know, I like, I, I knew he'd be fun in this one. And he was, he did a great job and it was well, a really well-written character. But ultimately the film just was, it just needed more tidying up, but because I did get bored and that's not cool. Yeah. He's, he's uh really good at playing villains because he can do the dead eyes kind of. Yeah. yeah you know look where like he, he like he's looking at you and he looks at you like you're a specimen or something yeah. um all right well we'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors with eyeball and now before the next show starts let's enjoy an intermission you'll find our snack bar chock full of good things to eat and drink tasty tempting hot dogs thirst quenching soft drinks Fresh, crunchy popcorn, a complete assortment of delicious candy, and a full line of cigarettes. You've plenty of time, so visit the snack bar now. A tasty treat will double your enjoyment of the show. For your convenience, we shall keep you informed of the remaining intermission time, three minutes before the next show starts. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. The next show will start in two minutes. Yes, Toddy, the chocolate malt in a can. It's so good hot. It's so good cold. It hits the spot with young and old. Yes, Toddy pleases everybody. Delicious chocolate malted Toddy made with rich, real milk not powdered milk. So come and get it, everybody. It's time to drink your chocolate toddy. Just a minute, folks. Yes, that's all it takes to visit our refreshment counter in the lobby. There you'll find popcorn and an assortment of popular candy bars to please every taste. Try one of these delicious candy bars. Big Time, Butternut, Milkshake, Payday, 
topped with Hollywood's super-rich coating of the kind you like best. They taste wonderful. They're delicious. They're nutritious. Get one at our confection counter in the lobby now. The next show will start in one minute. about horror directors with a lighthearted look at three of their movies meet fearless podcaster gore blimey i've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots and i've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo discover horror films that are classics and others too there's a topless aerobics massacre an exploding rock singer cannibals nude martial arts a deep fried but it's not all silliness you'll get proper movie breakdowns opinion and background information too Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher. One of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style, and I'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me. The Trilogy of Terror podcast, where we try three times harder to give you the willies. And finally, it's time once again to venture behind the curtains of plastic beads into the back room of the abandoned video store for this week's pick. Who hasn't wanted to take a bus tour of Spain? Lots of sights to see and colorful locals to kill. A psycho in a red raincoat is murdering people and cutting out their left eye. The police are baffled, but advertising mogul Mark Burton and his mistress Paulette are on the case. There's lots of killings, pointless nudity, an obnoxious bus driver, and the most irritatingly repetitive score ever. And they all await you in Umberto Lenzi's Eyeball. How far can you go before your nerves break, before your heart stops, before your eyes leave your body? Eyeball, the most blinding horror ever seen. Eyeball. What the? Now, one of them is out to kill all of them. When you least expect it, when you have no way to fight back, a stabbing nightmare becomes a living terror. Eyeball. The screams you hear may be your own. Eyeball. No fear has ever come this close. No suspense 
has ever gone this far. For every murder, for every victim, there is no warning. Don't blink. Don't turn around. Don't even move. Now you'll witness the darkest vision of horror. Eyeball. It'll open your eyes and freeze your blood. You can't escape it, because everywhere you hide, everywhere you turn, this is the curse from which there is no way out. How far can you go before your nerves break, before your heart stops, before your eyes leave your body? Eyeball. You may never live to see the end of it. Okay. Now, I know how much you love Jallos. So, um, <laughs> I picked this one in particular because it might very well have the most ridiculous motive ever uh, for one of these films. And I, I'm so curious as to what your opinion was. Um, it was pretty rough, Tim. It was pretty <laughs> boring. And um, oh no, I haven't yet liked a Jallo. With like, I'm I'm totally committed to watching them, and I keep my open mind. And I I get so bored. Um, I but I know how much you. I'm watching. I'm like, well, one thing going on for Tim is it's like a soap opera. Because <laughs> every character has a motive and they have to sort of shoehorn the possible, like every character is like, well, yeah. you remember that one time that you were jealous of your niece? It's like, oh, okay, I guess that guy could. <laughs> so it's just like, um, I, I will say though, it wasn't the trashiest Jallo I've seen. Like, oh no. You know, it was, it was, you know, there was some nudity, but uh, you know, all the people killed were women. It was very sexist. Like they had the, my wife's upset. Can you give her a sedative? I'm like, oh, yeah. we, we need a drinking game for that one because it's like, okay, women aren't allowed <laughs> to have feelings. Got it. But um, yeah, the, I, and also what is with the leading man? Like, he, I, I'm like, no, that is not a handsome man. Like why? Like, no, but yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, the thing is so funny with these things is like you, you, you know, view them through the lens of 1970s Italy, right? So your your lead guy, uh, played by John Richardson, you know, he's our hero, right? Mm -hmm. But he's he's having an affair with his receptionist. The most boring affair. His assistant. The most boring affair, because all they do is talk about, like, his wife. is his wife in town or not the whole yeah. time. Yeah, that we never see them once be intimate. No. At all. Like, not even, like, kissing or anything um and it, so he's clearly already morally suspect <laughs> that he's and he doesn't seem to really give a shit about either woman oh my god really Damn, although at the very okay. end he's like oh it's my wife on the phone you know then he's all excited to talk to her like wait what and she's like i'm sorry i was acting crazy i'm just i we should get a divorce i'm so sorry i put you through this yeah he's like no let's let's make it work so okay, first yes. of all, where the where the fuck is Burlington? Where is this 
there's supposed to be American tourists. It took me like half the film to, I'm like, what? There's supposed to be American? <laughs> like what? Oh, I know. And they all come from the same town? Where, where? Like, like Vermont? Uh, I assume it's Burlington, Vermont. Oh my gosh. So like, okay. So, okay, fine. A bunch of people from Burlington, Vermont are, are bus touring Barcelona. Okay. And then they're like, <laughs> wow, people keep getting killed and their eyeball removed. And about the yes. third or fourth time it happens, they go, well, you know, this did happen a year ago in Burlington. <laughs> oh my my, the best part of it is nobody ever thinks, hey, maybe we should stop the tour. No, at home. no point. Because I kind of feel like eyeball number one, you'd be like, shit. Like, you'd probably go home. You'd be like, that sucks. Definitely number two, though. They're like, ah, well, you know, you're going to get that now and then. Oh, my God. <laughs> I also love that they're like, listen, we've got $14 for special effects, and we made this, like, fake gouged out eyeball, and we can just use it on everybody. So they just use yeah. that one eyeball, like, trick on everyone, and it doesn't look good. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I love the supposedly American characters. You know, you've got the obnoxious Texan with his cowboy hat, uh, and he's oh. always – uh, smoking the cigar, uh, so it's always interesting to like see a, a foreign culture's yes. view of, yeah. of Americans. You know, I don't uh, think any of them had accents, but no. I did pick up that he was supposed to be Texan because, <laughs> like you say, they're like, "Oh, let's put him in a cowboy hat." Uh, like it's like, all right, <laughs> so. yeah. And then his granddaughter like has got the uh, the uh, American flag uh, outfit. Uh, oh right with the stars and stripes and uh yeah can we talk about the um enrico mahuto who uh looks like a suntanned thumb like he is so weathery <laughs> like he's like he's just made of leather and he's like i'm gonna retire and go trout fishing and then at the very end he's like gonna go see those trout <laughs> like all right <laughs> oh i know it, it, it's so it's like the guy's like well you solved the case just in time right for your retirement because like and it's like oh i'm not gonna go do the paperwork or, or testify no. in court or anything i'm i'm out of here i'm out of here for <laughs> trout he oh my god he was like a bottom shelf anthony quinn and then they had the like the bottom shelf Sophia Loren character too. I mean, very sure. beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful, but not much of an actress. So she played one of the quote unquote lesbians, right? Yes. So they're lesbians because they are walking around topless all the time. So there you go. They're lesbians. Got oh, it. that's hysterical. They're like just sitting there, like laying on the bed topless, smoking, or or, or reading a book, or just walking around in general. You know, you're like, oh, all right, I guess that's what guess, they do. I huh? guess so. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, yeah, and just like it's so weird that Jallo's much of the time have a women a woman killer because of course mm. women women don't stab other women to death. That's not a thing. That's the male. Well, clearly they do. Because, yeah, I guess so with the gloves. <laughs> and oh, okay, another. There's two favorite moments. One is where they're like, "We've got these suspects. Let's have them all try on this red poncho." <laughs> and I'm like, anybody fits in a poncho. Like what? Like, it's like a huge garment. Like, you can't tell who fits. It's not like OJ's glove. It's like, uh, it's a yeah, big Yeah, they all poncho. had one. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. They, were, they handed them out on the bus when it was raining. So it's just like, uh, okay, well, that was brilliant. Um, no, I do have to say, in the, in the couple of times where they had a close-up of it, I thought it looked kind of creepy and cool. Like, the red, because they had, had, like, a red, like, mask over the face. Oh, I And I thought that, that looked kind of neat. 
Um, <clears throat> but okay, so we should <laughs> we should probably explain. <laughs> no, why, the why? motive the, the motive for this okay no so... no no before you do that yes the fucking like the bearded guy who's yeah. got the, the very pretty blonde wife who la yeah. she laughs at his war wound did did that get cleared up he's like i got wounded in the war and she's like yeah right <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway there's a point where that guy is doing a crossword puzzle yes and i was like what he's got like two or three letters in each square yeah I, like i am posting it to the facebook page because i was like what <laughs> like like i'm pretty sure even in spain like it's one letter per square on a like yeah what the fuck was going on with that yeah that was hysterical of course they they, they focus on you know the word muerte muerte which he you fits know, into like, like three a uh, three like squares yeah <laughs> like dun 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 yeah you know, like, oh, oh he's clearly the he, he's uh you know he's guilty of something um <clears throat> So, first of all, I think it's just, it's hilarious. the The killer in this is so obvious. I oh, mean, how how I, I couldn't. Tell. Oh, every time they talked about something happening or a, a, a killing, they zoom in on Paulette's face. Oh, and she's okay. and she's doing the shifty, you know, okay. look left, look right, look left, look right, you know, and she has all these moments where, you know she's so concerned about the wife showing up and they're talking about, Oh, the wife, this, the wife, that, and it just, it, there's a thing with her where it just feels like clearly she's got some sort of weird agenda because why is she there? Mm -hmm. Why is she there at all? And she, you know, like I said, th there's nothing intimate between them, even though they're supposed to be having this affair. It's very weird. Um, so at the end, the big climax is at this castle and they do a lot trying to make you think, uh, that Reverend Bronson is the killer, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which if you watch enough Jalos, you or Jolly, you will see that most killers are either women or Catholic priests. Okay. Got it. Uh, oh, they're very they're very anti-Catholic, yeah. uh, uh, the, the, the subgenre. And <clears throat> so I, I, even I was kind of like, ah, it's going to be the priest because like, remember he visited the one in the hospital and uh, you know, all that stuff when she gets attacked. And even though he's way taller than the, <laughs> the, the killer's actually kind of short. Um, <clears throat> so come to find out, they find, uh well uh the the other one of the the surviving one of the the lesbian characters she comes up upon dun 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 Paulette uh, having just killed that one girl who we had seen earlier the 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 priest talking to like commenting on her eye color because they the police had figured out all the victims had the same eye color and uh which well good job on figuring figuring that out after five victims um <laughs> and you you see her and she goes and she pops her eye out and yeah. then she cuts out the other the dead girl's eye and crams it into the yeah. socket right <laughs> yep i also 
Where's the? <laughs> That's not gonna That's work. Her whole motive is just to keep getting new eyes. No, she and... says it's because she's upset because her friend they were playing the... doctor and she ended up losing her eye. I was like, what yeah, kind of doctor were you? Also, where's the point where is it Mark? Is Mark the so-called hero's name? Yes. He's like, wait a minute. I remember she had a drawer of glass eyes. Like, I'm like <laughs> you're just now like, just not remembering the drawer of eyes. I would, I would remember that. Like, ha- have you ever seen a glass eye? Like, have you ever yeah. seen one? Because like we had a kid in in my choir class who had one, and one day it fell out. And oh um, god, yeah, I know. It, he was fine and everything, but I was like, oh, I definitely remember that moment. <laughs> So I kind of yeah. feel like Mark was like, oh, yeah, Paulette or whatever her name is, right? You yeah. know what's funny is Paulette, I was watching this movie. I was like, God, she looks so familiar to me. And I went and looked her up. I'm like, nah, I haven't seen her or anything. And then I realized she just looks like a woman in town that I know. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> like, now you're going like, to you know look at her funny. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, you know who you look like? And, and she'll be like, what kind of movies are you watching? No, no, never mind. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it, it, it's that that scene is so just mind-bogglingly bizarre because somebody came up with this idea the whole thing you know that they had to have been like okay we got a killer who cuts out eyeballs awesome let's write that story you know and they wrote around it you know what i mean they had to have just like written around the idea of someone a killer who steals eyeballs and to have her literally cram it into her own eye socket yeah that's amazing yeah (laughs) it's it makes no sense on any level it's like why doesn't she have like blood around her eyes and stuff yeah yeah you know she didn't like blot it off with like some wet wipes first she just crammed it right in there no she just like just shoves it in there you know optic nerve and all you know and, and and at no point does her eye ever look weird yeah you know like you would think it would be all bloodshot or something uh and and since it's not actually uh since the uh optic nerves not attached to anything it, her eye shouldn't move oh you know it, it should just be sitting there uh staring anyway and so she gets a, this great um you know uh killer reveal where she loses her shit like like all great killers do and you know it's like ah all these women who are better looking than me they have perfect eyes and ah you know and i was just like i i literally stood up and i applauded in my living room oh all right like, yes yes you tell you tell them paulette <laughs> and then they just like gun her down <laughs> <laughs> they don't like you know anybody else you know what they would they would just like because all she has is a knife they could easily you know overpower her and get that knife away but no let's just shoot her a bunch of times and then when she's laying there dying on the ground mark comes up to her and goes are you all right <laughs> <laughs> she's like you know i've been better yeah yeah i've got like three bullets oh in me but i'm fine <laughs> jeez I also love these movies are so weirdly low budget that when someone gets shot, they don't have any blood. Oh, there's no thinking that they got shot in the chest, but they seem fine. Like, yeah. (laughs) How long this movie felt like it was like three hours long, Tim. Like I was really dragging through this. My God. (laughs) 
you just don't understand fine cinema i someday <laughs> someday i will watch the jello that will change my life but i'm waiting i'm waiting Jeez. it's nine it's 91 minutes Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh no. my god. I was like <laughs> I was dying. Especially because so many of the conversations with Paulette and Mark are the same. It's all like, where's is your wife around? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, got it. God. What, keep... Is she showing up? I don't know. And he, he's and she's like, I'm sorry, I don't know what came over me. Like a lot of women apologizing for go, for being crazy because they like literally said something about their feelings and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I need another I shouldn't sedative. be like this. Yeah, they definitely needed more sedatives. <laughs> Man, and just the the whole tour, like I'm like, was it probably was filmed in Barcelona? Otherwise, they would have yeah. made a big deal. Yeah, but I was like, I like I said, halfway through the film, like, what? They're supposed to be American? I was like, what? Jeez, <laughs> guys. And, and of course, that great theme song that you hear a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they cut to the bus, dun 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so there's a poster for this film yes that is pretty iconic right yeah. um and i've seen it many like there's this film like a lot of giallo has uh a couple different names and a couple different posters right because they released it um right but yeah like this movie has some pretty cool like more than one poster but the one i'm thinking of of course is the eyeball the the Grim Reaper is grasping a woman in a bikini and he's holding out the eyeball. Is, is <laughs> right. That, yeah. Is that an old poster or is that something yeah. new? That's that's cool. Yeah, that's a cool poster. I've... Yeah. The two posters that I've seen that are both really good are that one. And that's the one that's on the cover of the Blu-ray that I have. And the other one uh, is with uh, one of the other titles, um, which I believe is a... Uh, cat in a glass maze or something like that Gatti rossi in a labyrintho or vertro yeah 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 i think that's cat in a glass maze um or red cat in a glass maze and that's a great poster too it's like a bloody eye eyeball dripping blood against a black background with a, a half face of a screaming woman mm. behind it or whatever um, yeah, those right are now. both really cool. I, it, it, the Italians, whatever you, you know, you think of their filmmaking, their, their their posters are usually pretty cool. Well, you know, a lot of times the posters are better. Like you see something more salacious than what's in the film. Mm -hmm. But now I, I have the distinction of saying I've actually seen that one. So cool poster and the movie, mm, you know, yeah, it was a movie. So. I, I hope you enjoy the Blu-ray that's in the mail as we speak. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. My God. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you once again for joining wait, wait. us. Wait, I didn't hear your rating. Oh, you're right. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, my rating uh, my rating is a solid nine oh, because this is genius. <laughs> Whoever came up with this idea... Uh, you know, was um, clearly uh, enjoying some really, really good shrooms or, uh, <laughs> yeah. or something because uh, I, I find it hard to believe that a, a sober person came up with it. But yeah, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> ah, all right. Uh, so again, thanks for joining us. Uh, as always, we'd like if uh, you'd like to chat with us, you can write to us at moviemorg1 at att.net 
Uh, you can also check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. And remember, with great power comes great responsibility. So we'll see you next time. All right.
Miles, I feel so horny.